When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is actor David Dasmalchian, who you know from films like The Suicide Squad, Dune, Ant-Man, Blade Runner 2049, The Dark Knight, and more. David is also a comic book writer. He wrote the series Count Crowley Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter for Dark Horse Comics. The first four issues of volume one are out and Count Crowley returns in a second series of four issues aptly titled Count Crowley Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter. Take a listen to this amazing and ridiculous trailer for announcing Count Crowley's return, which features David as a late night horror movie host named Dr. Fearless and David's cat Bubblegum as a cat named Bubblegum. Boils and ghouls, the wait is finally over. Bubblegum has just informed me that our favorite monster hunter, Jerry Bartman, is now back. Look, Jerry's still wrestling with her inner demons. She's also bracing to do battle with a procession of werewolves, bloodless giants, dismembered zombies, and vengeful vampires. <laughs> Will her past come back to haunt her? Or will she unearth the truth, slay the beasts, and save the world? It's all in a night's work for Beloit, Missouri's KSKB TV's top-rated horror hostess. Prepare yourselves for the return of Count Crowley, amateur midnight monster hunter. Coming soon to a comic shop near you. <laughs> I want to jump right into Count Crowley, and this is a comic uh, that you wrote, um, and it's from Dark Horse. And well, just how do you describe it? Because I've been trying to think of how to describe it without giving things away. And part of why I love reading is I really didn't know what it was about. Great. Well, thank you. And I like to describe it in different ways to different people. It depends on you know who my audience is. I think that there's a lot of drama in here. There's the woman who's up against you know, the, the, the toxic patriarchy and the battles um, that she has to face trying to climb her career ladder in a world that's dominated by uh, abusive people. Um, in, in the story, she is confronted time and again with people who discount or, um, you know, disbelieve her just because she's a woman. So there's that element of the story. And I think that watching someone rise above those kind of challenges can be really um, exciting, nerve wracking, hopefully inspiring. She's also someone who struggles with inner demons. She's an alcoholic and she struggles with depression and anxiety. So watching her figure out how to battle those demons is really, um, is really uh, hopefully um, entertaining, nerve wracking, and also inspiring in some way. And finally, as we can tell by the cover, uh, this is a, a world that is in, you know, um, engrossed in 
uh, horror and monsters. And this woman who wanted nothing more than to be a respected news anchor is suddenly the host of a late night horror show. And if that's not embarrassing enough, she now has to keep a, a, a secret from everybody so they don't think she's crazy that monsters are real and that she is one of the only people on earth who can help defeat them. That is an excellent description. I mean, you did write it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and, and the person, the woman's name is Jerry Bartman. Um, yes. And um, as you allude to, if something horrible happens to her, like a horrible thing that would happen, could happens probably unfortunate to a lot of people still, a lot of women. Uh, and uh, unfortunately she's blamed for it. And then that just kind of spirals out her life, her career, and then, also framing that is the addiction stuff. And I, I want to hit on all the monster stuff and all the fun stuff too, but I just have to say the way you portray AA stuff, I think is so genuine and sincere. Oftentimes when we see that stuff portrayed, it's either dark and nightmarish or it's cartoonish. So to see sure. something that's just like very mundane, like, yeah, this, that, yeah, okay, that's good. You know? Um, so let's talk a little bit about the time of, when this takes place in that, what, 1983? 1983, which historically in the world of media was the dawn of cable and yeah. cable news. And as we will come to learn, monsters have been utilizing misinformation and disseminating misinformation to the masses as a way of staying one step ahead of humanity, as a way of filling our, our heads with false notions about how to defeat monsters. So when the monsters, um, especially a coven of vampires out of New York, discover the potential of cable and cable news, they're gonna go all in. They're literally gonna sink their fangs as deeply into this new media uh, opportunity as possible. And in doing so, they're going to um, encounter uh, one Jerry Bartman, like I said, our, our late night, a host of the Friday night creature feature who may just have all the answers to how you actually could defeat a vampire, a werewolf, a zombie, a witch, you name it. Well, and I also like you dispel like the, the common tropes of it. Like she just happens to shoot. Um, and by the way, let me just say, we, I think we'll get a little spoilery without getting too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay. But I, I think it's early on in the comic that, um, but she, yeah, she gets pursued by a werewolf, like almost right from the get-go. And there is a gun with silver bullets. And yes. we learned that it doesn't work. <laughs> silver bullets don't work. Guess what? Just say no didn't work. Guess what? There's all these people with power that want to try and distill in us the idea that like, oh, poverty is caused by laziness and addiction is caused by selfishness and mental illness and depression and anxiety is caused by weakness. These powerful monsters who've been dominating information for us for generations have been telling us BS over BS that oh, if you're not a cisgendered straight person, you are a threat to our society. There's all these ways that both micro and major aggressions have been forced into our, our minds through, you know, people's power over media. I mean, for goodness sake, we've seen it more than ever in these last couple of years. And we're seeing how many millions of people can fall prey to this really dangerous, you know, stuff. So here comes Jerry, who's going to learn for me, it was really fun to go, oh, wait, a wooden stake doesn't kill a vampire. A silver bullet doesn't 
stop a, a werewolf. They've just been telling us that. And by the way, one thing that's really important, and I hope readers will dig into the pages to discover this, not all monsters need to be destroyed. Not all monsters are bad. Not all things that look, move, and behave differently than us need killing. And that's where Jerry's role in all of this becomes very important because there is a huge tradition, a long line of tradition, millennia long, that dictates that when you are confronted with a monster, the only thing to do is destroy it. Jerry has a different notion about that. And that's why she's so important. Well, and um, I want to talk a little bit about this show that she gets to host because I, okay, uh, the version Scream I have Scream Theater. Scream Theater. So this ah! issues co- like gather together and at yes. the end it explains a little bit kind of like gro- you growing up in Kansas City. Is that correct? Kansas City? Is that right? Kansas or- City. With- <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. And so, and what was going on, this is again, the dawn of cable, but on Friday and Saturday nights for some of our listeners who might not know this on local channels, there usually would be like a host, like it would be some per- dressed on like a vampire costume or monster costume. Yes. And then they would like introduce this like really cheesy like B movie or horror movie. And they would have these little interstitials throughout. Some of them became so big, they had their own shows. Uh, so my first question is, what was the one in Kansas City? What was okay. the- Yes, my first crush aside from Tigra, <laughs> who was a member of the West Coast of America. I was really into Tigra and I was really into Cremation Mortem. She used to host um, uh, Cremation's Friday Nightmare on KSKB, uh, KSHB, sorry, KSKB is my station I created for the comic, but KSHB TV 41 in Kansas City. She was hilarious. She was safe. She was like the person who introduced me to the joy of horror cinema both classic beautiful horror you know universal horror and hammer horror schlock horror the rko crazy goofy stuff all the really wacky william castle stuff even the ed wood stuff no matter what it was she was there to like welcome me in every friday night made me feel like i belonged um as well as all the other you know kids from age 10 to 100 in kansas city who um who we would all gather around our TVs and and watch her show every Friday night. And she um, really inspired me and my love for uh, horror cinema. I say we, I grew up in, uh, I spent like second grade to high school in New Orleans. We had Dr. Morgus. Yes, I was just in New Orleans and I was reading some more about <laughs> Dr. Morgus. What an amazing, and there's a new horror host in New Orleans um, who is really amazing. I'll, I'll get, I'll get their name by the end of our, 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 our interview, but I've been, I've been loving what they've been doing. It's really awesome. Okay, I've, I know a little bit of the backstory here, having read this, but I wanna know more specifically before Dark Horse, before this became a comic, maybe before this came to script, where did the idea for this to come from? And then how did you find the balance of because you're mixing things, you're mixing monsters, you're mixing kind of like a, a, a period piece, but you're also mixing stuff that has a lot of contemporary themes, ideas, and criticisms on the way we handle people who are not quite defined by the norm. Sure. So go back with me to Kansas City, where I was buying my comics, uh, you know, at Clint's Comics, and I was subscribing to comics, and I was getting into Fangoria Magazine, and I was watching Cremation Mortem, and I remember the first time I saw The Lost Boys, which I think 
maybe came out when I was in, I don't know, eighth grade or something. I saw the Lost Boys and there's that whole idea about these, um, you know, guys who work in a comic shop that, that that that's just their cover, but they really know how to defeat vampires because there's a plague of vampires in their town. So for me, I got so excited. What a cool idea if Cremation Mortem was secretly a monster hunter. What if a what if a horror host like Sven Gulli or Morgus or Dario Evil or any of these horror hosts that we love was was a was it was a monster secretly new? And then I saw Roddy McDowell in Fright Night, and I was like, oh, they 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 actually go to the horror horror host to see if he knows how to defeat a monster. And he's like, you guys are crazy. So that idea was germinating for years, man, like just years and years and years. And then I personally battled addiction, depression suicidal ideation, anxiety, and I've spent many years developing my tools, my Van Helsing briefcase, if you will, as to how I can combat the darkness that I face in my life. And the story started to mean a lot more to me. I, I understood the pain, the shame, the way that the stigma affects those of us who struggle with and battle addiction and mental illness. And I, I started to feel like all those battles I was fighting internally and the ways that I had, you know, lost the trust of my family and friends and had to earn that back could all add so perfectly into this idea of somebody coming to realize that they had to fight monsters that possibly no one else could see. And if they did, no one else would really believe in. So there, that, then it all came together. And I pitched the idea to Dark Horse. They were so receptive. The creator of MacGyver, which I used to work on, he actually heard the idea first. He took it to Dark Horse. They all said like, you need to do something with this idea. And they gave me all these incredible tools, an editor, artists, uh, access to so much, you know, tools and resources to make the comic of my dreams. I still can't believe it's a reality. I can't believe it really happened. And as you're, you're saying all this behind you is one of the, the illustrations or graphics by Lucas. Hey, we, is that, is that our infamous uh, polka dot cat? This is our infamous famous bubblegum. Hi, bubblegum. Bubblegum bubble polka dot cat. She's making an appearance. She knows when the camera's on. She knows when, oh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Oh, oh okay. There this is getting, is. and for people wondering what's going on, uh, David has a very adorable cat basically perched on his shoulders and is kind of controlling him at this point, like this a puppet. Is, yeah, she control cats control us no matter what. That's why I had to incorporate a cat, <laughs> yeah, the cat into in Count the Crowley. There's a really important cat that will be a part of Jerry's journey. Um, but this was the cat I adopted during the filming of Suicide Squad. Uh, Bubblegum is her name. Uh, her full name is uh, Abner Bubblegum Polka Dot Cat, and she is um, a very important member of our family now. And, and I mean, I, I will gonna we'll ask talk about that in half a second. I want to go back to Count Crowley for a minute here. So Count Crowley came out, and is actually the full title is Count Crowley Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Yes. And now we have a second, is it series? How do you say that? I don't even series. know. Series, yes, it's series. a second. Okay. second. We, they'll they'll call ahead, it a volume, volume two. So the new series, um, the new series, which we'll call volume two, is going to be four issues. Um, and that is now, Jerry is no longer a um, reluctant night monster hunter because if you read the first four issues you'll see that she's come to embrace that fact that she needs to kick some serious monster butt and help protect her family so in this new series of stories jerry is now an amateur 
Midnight Monster. So she still doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She's just now committed to doing it. So now she's got to figure out not only how to defeat and stop monsters, but like I said earlier, something very important to her is how do you help a monster in need? There are monsters that uh, that are that are going against their their choice. That that are there's good people inside there, and maybe if we can just find a way to help them the same way we can find a way to help people who are struggling with addiction because she knows what that feels like. Maybe she could uh, be able to, 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 to save some lives in a different way. And I have to say, I, I really appreciate uh, you guys sending a couple pages of the new one over and it, it kind of just picks up right where the first one left off. And the only little thing I want to say is Vincent Van Gore. Oh my God. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Good. That's so good. That was all Lucas. So I create when I write these scripts. I say like, you know, hey, I want to have um, a horror host or a crypt keeper, as you would find in the old EC comics or in Eerie or whatever. Um, kind of introducing our stories like a creep show, uh, you know, host. And Lucas really crushed it. Vincent Van Gogh was totally of Lucas's imagination, and I was just like, oh my God, I love this guy so much. Cause we go back and forth. Like I created um, sister Sylvia and Friar fear and we've, <laughs> we've had some fun and I want there to continue to be other. So if anybody out there listening or reading this has any suggestions for new um, crypt keepers that we should introduce, please send them my way. Oh, dude, that's that. I want to be on that thread. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love also like the ends of the issues. Like you'll have like the back page, like you can, <laughs> you can buy shrimp and stuff. Like all those things you said, ridiculous things you used to have a kid. And we'd be like, I, I want the, you know, I want the brine or whatever it was. I uh, agree, man. Those were magical. I still <laughs> love going through my old comic books and just looking at the old ads. In fact, my wife made me this beautiful wallpaper for our entryway to our house that is made out of those old advertisements with old whoopee cushions and lucky rabbit's feet and uh become a strong man overnight pills yes. and all that stuff it's i love that stuff and when you, oh, I, going, going back to the the first volume when you maybe even before it's published clearly when you first saw what lucas was doing with the visual of your story what was your reaction i was i was so overwhelmed i couldn't sit down and then i couldn't stand up i had been working on the idea for such a long time. And then Megan Walker, my brilliant editor, she, I sent her a bunch of uh, documents I created of the look that I was hoping to go for with the book. And she suggested that we reach out to Lucas. So she sent him a bunch of materials, including my character descriptions and some of my scripts. He sent us back this document. I'll never forget it. It had like two versions of Jerry side by side, but they were very similar, just some different clothes, but kind of the, he just immediately had the hair, the look, the vibe. I said, I don't, you know, we've seen so many badass like women fighting monsters from Red Sonia to Buffy to, you know, Hack Slash, et cetera. But what I wanted this to be different was like, I didn't want this to be the sexy female monster. I didn't want it to be the one where like the belly is needing to peek out in every shot or she's in a mini <laughs> skirt where she's like having to, you know, be sexy. I wanted her to be sloppy and punk rock and like smeared makeup and beat up jeans and like combat boots. And to me, that's actually sexy. So I'm not saying that Jerry can't have a kind of sexuality or be alluring to people, but it definitely was not your traditional prototypical, like, 
um, you know, the way we've seen this before. And Lucas just boom, 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 nailed it. Every single line was perfect. I've never looked back since from the moment he sent us the, the look, the design from even the little uh, flair that he gave her. I just was like, that, that's it, man. That is Count Crowley. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Obviously, this name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. David, what are you currently obsessed with? I am so obsessed with Rodney Barnes writing. I love um, Philadelphia. He now has some spinoffs that he's been doing that are amazing. Um, I've been really into the DC horror that they've been doing, which is amazing. I'm super obsessed with um, last podcast on the left. I'm super obsessed with Shudder. I can't get enough of Shudder. I watch Shudder every night. It drives my wife crazy. Um, <laughs> And I'm super obsessed with um, young, what, what the inspiration I've been getting from young people who are rising up in the face of just abject bigotry against these ridiculous new movements that are happening in the old guard where they're trying to really, really, uh, harm young people take away their rights and i'm seeing um just an incredible movement of of people who are getting much more active involved and educated than i ever was at 16 17 18 19 20 years old it's really inspiring to see the way they're coming together to make sure that this is a country that is not only safe but inclusive and equitable for everybody regardless of their you know age gender race national origin uh sexual orientation, identity, et cetera, et cetera. It's just really inspiring. So those are all the things I'm obsessed with, not to mention my typical uh, just horror and comic book obsessions. David, I love talking to you. I always feel so inspired by you. I got I to gotta end here because uh, we do a thing, pick one, and I'm just going to throw the 12 questions all into one, pick one. So pick one. Uh, you've had an insane year with the comic, but you also had the Suicide Squad. You had Polka Dot Cat go viral. You had Dune. You had What If, pick one. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a horrible question. That's terrible. Okay, here's I here's. Here's, here, here, I'll say this. Pick one. Count Chocula or Frankenberry. That was my real one. Uh, I'll do um, Frankenberry. Okay, that, that's the right answer. Uh, pick one. The Crypt Keeper or Elvira? Sorry, Cassandra. <laughs> Sorry, Cassandra, but it's the Crypt Keeper. I think that's right. Uh, pick one. The Adams Family or the Munsters? God, it's so hard. I love them both so much, but I go with Adam's family. Can, can, can I ask this? So the Billies in the book is, are we thinking that maybe Lurch is a Billy? Is that I kind think of... that Lurch is a good Billy. Thank you very much for catching okay. that. There are the, the Billy. It's just dependent upon the person who they are psychic slaves to. So since 
that family <laughs> is are good monsters. As we know, the Adams family, those are good monsters. The monsters are good monsters. So um, absolutely, Lurch is totally a good Billy. But also like how they're redoing like like Fresh Prince, I could also see the Adams family where it's very dark. They're doing that right now. I think Rob Zombie, oh. I, I'm very excited to see that. Yeah. Look, look, look at me identify things that are already happening. And uh, the last one I have, and this is just like classic monster. Just curious which one you pick. Uh, pick one. Um, vampire, mummy, invisible man, or werewolf? It's werewolf for me. Werewolf has always been the thing because I, I there's so many reasons, but yes, werewolf. I The first horror movie I ever saw was Curse of the Werewolf um, on Cremacious Friday Nightmare starring Oliver Reed. And I was crying at the end because I was so scared, but also because I felt so bad for this poor guy. Um, he was so beautiful in that movie. That performance is so powerful. And um, I'll give you the last word. Is there anything you want to bring up about Count Crowley or anything else that we didn't get to talk about? Um, just uh, want to, you know, say if you're out there and you feel alone and you're struggling with a, a addiction, depression, anxiety, know that there's people out here that want to, that want to help you people that are there to listen. You're not alone. And, um, I, I hope that, that I hope that you know how important your life is and that you're loved. Dude, I love talking with you. Um, I'm so glad for all your success and I look forward to reading all of the next Count Crowley. Thanks everybody. That was great. I want to thank David for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. Count Crowley Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter is now on sale at your local comic book store and online through Dark Horse Comics. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Daniel Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Foxowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care.